Welcome back to the Glacier Guys. Um, my name is Ethan Halasha. I'm here with my co-host Joey Fernandez, and we will be bringing you all of the sports information that's going on in the world right now for major sports. Um, let's get started. So, NFL free agency. Uh, this is big for the Bears, I'd say, because of the Mass. whole Carson Wentz situation going on. Yeah. Uh, reportedly, according to Adam Schefter, Carson Wentz prefers Indianapolis over Chicago. But personally, I don't really read too much into it because it's he doesn't really have much of a choice. I mean, if it's down to two teams, then, like, what would That's choice true. And I didn't even see, like, because I saw that he posted that, but, like, where is he getting this information from, you know? Like, he hasn't I, – I feel like he hasn't come out and really said anything or made it – I mean, I guess somebody on his team, like, could have said – that he prefers going one way, but I haven't really seen any concrete evidence of that. Yeah, I don't know. At like those insiders, like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, I, I don't know. Like I, I seriously don't know who tells them these things. But I feel like if one of them is reporting it, I believe it most of the time. Honestly, same. Yeah, because they're like two of the most reputable people that get information about certain athletes. So yeah, exactly. And they wouldn't report it if they weren't confident in it. But. I mean, and he, they also reported that no team has offered a first-round pick for them for him yet. I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz, I feel like he, oh, man, he's definitely had a better career than, like, a Mitch Trubisky, but, I don't know, injuries have held him back. And, like, definitely, like yeah. you said in the last episode, like, when he's healthy, he's a good quarterback, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's the issue. And he definitely lost a lot of trust from his teammates like no, yeah. in the last year just because of the whole Jalen Hurts thing. I mean, even Doug Peterson got fired yeah. for literally not wanting him. He lost he lost confidence in himself a little bit too also. I mean... And it's funny because I think we saw that with Mitch at one point too. Yeah, I, I think that he's just a classic change of scenery guy. Who knows if it would work out, but I have a question for you. Would, would you trade two second rounders for him? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I because I, we, I mean, regardless of our O line and our offensive weapons, and I mean, we have good weapons, but yeah. we do, we just need a new quarterback, you know? Like, we need, we need something to change. We're stuck in a rut right now. Two straight seasons of eight and eight, like, that's, I'd rather tank. I'd rather go three and 13, get a, get a early first round pick. Like, yeah. I I understand that. I mean, I saw an article this morning. It was a Bears mailbag by uh, Brad Biggs, which is one of the biggest Bears insiders around. But mm-hmm. uh, he, to <laughs> the headline of the article was, uh, "Should the Bears consider Alex Smith as an option for okay. starting quarterback?" <laughs> how? Hold on. I want to see how old is Alex Smith. He's thirty five, thirty six ish, if me, I had to guess. But check really quick. also another. Part of the headline was, would Marcus Mariota be a good fit for the Bears? No, this is just getting a little out so, of hand. So, I mean, if you, all options considered, I feel like Carson Wentz is like a, he, a tier above those guys at least. He's definitely the best realistic quarterback that we can get. Yeah, of course. Which, I mean, which is kind of sad to say, but <laughs> it is what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, if somehow like Jerry Jones just finds a way to not get deck, which is like. I see like a five percent chance of that happening. That he would be a realistic option, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't. That's a good point though, because I feel like the Cowboys just they always find a way to mess things up, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, Jerry Jones just gets in his way every time. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in his own way every time. But I mean, they they've been paying guys. They just throw money at everyone left and right. Yeah, honestly. I mean, Dak's been wanting that deal though for how long now? You know. Yeah, I know. I mean. I don't know. I, and that injury didn't help his case at all. Yeah, I feel like at worst they franchise him, though. 
That would, I mean, I don't think he'd be too happy, but he doesn't really have a choice. I mean, that's kind of what's going on with Allen Robinson, too. But yeah, I feel like with Dak, just the contract and everything, it's going to happen on a much bigger scale. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was also the report yesterday about uh, the Bears franchise tagging and maybe even trading Allen Robinson. Which, yeah, I saw that. I mean, we need to, I feel like we need to keep him. We have, would, we literally have our wide receiver one. Like, we had, he's on our team. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to trade him, why not just draft a receiver in the first or second round then? Depending, like, that's true. Saying that we don't trade any of our picks for a quarterback. Are there any, I'm trying to think, are there any big time, like, um, free agent wide receivers right now? Uh, Yes, there's. Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin also, but Godwin Godwin's likely to be franchise tagged, right? That or uh, Bruce Arians said at the parade, he's like, "You're not leaving." So I I'd be surprised. But the Lions, I really could see them letting uh, Wait, Kenny Galladay walk. You said Kenny Galladay and who else? Uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Okay. Yeah, and Bro, Will Fuller they, also. They so it's a good class. Yeah, yeah. Will Fuller's really good when he's healthy. That's another thing. He yeah. he just he needs to figure out a way to stay healthy. I don't see him as a number one guy though. No, definitely not. He's definitely a tier below. I I didn't. Even, he's I a mean, good number two though. I think he's a good number two. He, I guess you could put him in the same category as Chris Godwin, right? Uh, yeah, I'd put Godwin up a little better than him, mm-hmm. but I could see it. I could, yeah, I could. Definitely I don't, see I don't it. think Godwin to me is not a wide receiver one. I don't think. Uh. I'd say he's a low end one, very high end two. Yeah. It just depends on the situation. And the system, I think that is. Yeah, in, yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, Alex Smith is 36. Not to mention he almost lost his leg. Yeah, I mean, he he did a very serv- serviceable job for a team, a Washington football team that had a good, uh, a good system around him mm-hmm. as far as. But he didn't have that many weapons, I guess. But he had a good defense, so all he had scary to do was just Terry, not baby. screw the game up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Scary Terry is a beast. On Antonio Gibson, also, but they didn't. They didn't really have any oh, anyone yeah, outside else. of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Wentz. Um, I honestly don't. I I don't. I don't really have a um, a good prediction of where he's gonna end up. I mean, it's kind of up in the air, I'd, I'd say, right now. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? A mystery team may swoop in and see the prices and as high as they th- maybe thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, can you imagine he just goes somewhere, like, randomly? Miami or something? Yeah. yeah. I, w- uh, I mean, that that could be the case because Tua, mm. It just, I who knows? Because Miami's being really, like, really uh, discreet with how they yes. feel about Tua. Yeah, exactly. Cause they, like, coddled him all year. Maybe they just didn't think he was as good as he was supposed to be. I don't know. Speaking of Miami, a lot of people were hoping that Fitzpatrick would come to the Bears. I mean, he's like 38 years old. I it's mean, just like, it's not realistic. But you what's, know? What's it's like it's like Brady. Okay, Brady goes to the Buccaneers at 42 or whatever. But he's mm-hmm. he's literally the greatest athlete to ever play the game. So yeah. it's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Bears at his age. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, and he's not a he's not a good starting quarterback. The, I don't care. What's the what best outcome? Says. In that situation, seven and nine, eight and eight. Like, I mean, he he might go. He'll throw for like four hundred fifty yards in three straight weeks, and then yes. just fall off a cliff like he does every other season. The fans thought uh, that Mitch Trubisky was was uh, losing bear, the Bears the games, but imagine uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick going out there slinging it and throwing four interceptions, and the defense doesn't try even more. Yeah, yeah, because that I mean that's that's clearly been a problem, but you. We, you can't blame it all on Mitch either. I mean, our offensive line has been horrendous the no, past few seasons. Yeah. But um, 
I think the fan base would think they have a good with a, they had a good with Mitch if if we got Ryan. Yeah, Patrick, they'd be but. they'd be crying Mitch's name for him to come <laughs> back. Um, I definitely think we're moving on from Mitch though. I don't I I don't yeah, see no a doubt. situation where the two parties get together and figure something out. I just I can't see him in a Bears uniform next year. Yeah, Bill Belichick's uh, cooking up a contract for him right now. You think so? Uh, very possibly could. I think he's better than Cam Newton, so I don't see why not. He's, yeah, what what happened with Cam Newton, man? That was, the shoulder, man. Yeah, honestly, yeah, you just can't really throw a football it, anymore. It was honestly hard to watch. Yeah. Like, it really, it, I, my shoulder was hurting yeah. watching him play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he was mobile. I mean, he had a ton of games where he had rushing touchdowns. Oh, yeah, but I mean, if he could even somewhat throw the ball, like, past eight yards downfield accurately, and with some sort of velocity, I mean, they they would have been they would have been a solid team. I know he didn't have that many weapons. Don't get me wrong. But right. I mean, he he also didn't do much. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's that's very true. I remember. I, I mean, I picked him up in fantasy in one of my leagues, and <laughs> couple a couple of weeks he was he was going off, and yeah. I'm like, oh, two rushing touchdowns. I'm like, maybe he'll come around with this throwing. Yeah. He never did. He's still a freak athlete, but oh yeah, for sure. As far as arm strength and. Uh, all that goes, he doesn't really yeah, have much of that. Yeah, it's gone anymore. way out the window, which yeah. is sad to see, but, I mean, it, yeah, it I happens. I don't really see him being a backup quarterback either. I think once he's done being a starter, I think he's just done. I because, think so, too. Because he has too much of a, like, of, I don't know, he takes up too much, like, spotlight to be a backup yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't think I mean? he would take that well either. Nah, I just don't, he, I don't know. I don't want to say he, like, he's e- he has an ego, but you know what I mean, like. I think, no, I think it. That's a fair point. I think you could say that he has an ego about yeah. him. He definitely does. He always has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. You know? I don't want to call. I don't want to make it like a slight at him, though. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's just the way he is. Yeah, and then uh, also some other news in the NFL world. J.J. Uh, Watt requests a release from his uh, his team that he's been with his whole career, the Houston Texans. Houston, man, they they've had. I mean, if you think about the last two years between the Astros, the Rockets situation, and the Texans, I mean, I, I honestly, I feel bad for the fans there. Yeah. So, yeah, they lost J.J. Watt, most likely Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, James Harden, uh, Garrett Cole, and George Springer. And their manager. And yeah. many coaches. Yep. So, I mean... That must that they must had, be rough. They had Ty Matthew a few years ago too, right? If I'm not mistaken, or was that a little, a little uh, longer before that? They yeah, a few years ago I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Arizona. Yeah, he was there for a year, I think. Yeah, I, I mean he I wasn't he wasn't really that. a franchise player. I think he was there for like a year, but still, it's still a big loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that he requested a release with being such a loyal guy. I mean, that kind of says something. Yeah, that he, definitely says something. Because he was unhappy with the direction of the organization, so he must be losing a lot of faith, or he must have lost all faith. Apparently, I mean, I think seeing that though, that like someone like a JJ Watt wants to leave, there is no chance that Deshaun's going to be returning. No, I mean that was probably he was probably like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't blame like you. that was out the window before, but that was I feel like that was the cherry on top. Yeah, I. Hmm. What what are some potential spots? Because I think he could really make an impact on the team still, even with his age. I mean, people are saying Green Bay because um, he played his college football at Wisconsin. I don't. Where did he? Did he grow up there too? Uh, I'm not completely sure of that. Yeah, let's check that really quick. Um, 
I he started at Central Michigan. I know that. Okay. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's where they're getting that from. But yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a completely a part of it. I feel like every time a, a big athlete is um, a free agent, they're like, "Come on home! Like, yeah. come on!" Like every time Anthony Davis was like, there was trade rumors. They're like, "Just, <laughs> yeah. just come to Chicago." And, and man. Kevin Durant to the Wizards. Come home. Like, it's it, just not realistic. Every, you know, that everyone would, loves a good hometown story. That would be great, but like, you got to look at where the the. I mean, well the. The Packers are a really good team. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. But. They could definitely use another guy in, on, on the inside, but, yeah. I mean, they don't really need it. They have they have no. a decent pass rush. Arizona, man, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, literally, he made an Instagram post, and he's like, come on home. Like, we got to finish what we started. Yeah, I mean, I really think they could because I don't think – I mean, they Patrick Peterson is parting ways with them this offseason, so I'm I, I'm pretty sure he had a big cap hit, so I'm pretty, I think they, he could fill in they pretty could, good. Yeah, they could definitely pull that off. And uh, they're losing – they might lose Hassan Reddick, so they might need more help on the pass rush. Right. So, I, I could see that as a good spot, and also Cleveland. Cle- yeah. I mean, can you imagine him and Miles Garrett? I like, was about to say. I mean, that's you don't want to face that. You don't want to face that D line. Yeah, definitely not. Um, that would be that would be brutal, and especially with, I mean, if they could pull off signing JJ Watt with with the offense that they've kind of created, I feel like they'd be. I mean, they're already a playoff team, but. That would take them to a, the next level, honestly, for the next couple of years. Yeah, he fits. He fits that locker room too. I think him and Baker would be a good dynamic. Oh yeah, they're both like just gritty guys. <laughs> Rally the troops. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, so I mean, well, before we move on from JJ, like, there's some people saying that he could come to Chicago. Um, I don't know. I just we would have to give up. Well, actually, no, because he's a free agent now, right? Yeah, but he he's still uh. He would still take a decent cap hit, I think. Oh, yeah, for there'd sure. Because be, there'd be a lot of teams going for him, so he'll get paid a little more than I, he probably should. Yeah, realistically, I don't see him coming here with the way that our, our defensive contracts are set up and everything. No, yeah, I don't really see it because we got Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, and Akeem Hicks on the D-line, right. so I don't really see where that fit would be needed. And then we have Robert Quinn, who's tied up, sadly, and then uh, Khalil <laughs> Mack also. He. <laughs> I mean, he had a couple good games this year, but outside of that, I mean, talk about underperforming, you know? It's just yeah. like, that was very sad season. And seeing somebody like, we lost to Leonard Floyd, and he just, it could be the system, but he has a career year. It's kind of just like a slap in the yeah. face. Hopefully, Sean Desai can uh, uh, bring out that uh, that production that he, he's had most of his career. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe maybe it's Chuck Pagano's fault, who knows. But honestly, it looked like <laughs> a lack of effort sometimes out of Robert Quinn's part. When we lost that playoff game, everybody was just shredding Chuck Pagano, and he like he literally retired a few days after again, I, and he's like, I'm just done. Yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I can't blame him. I mean, he came in for a year. He did not do a good job in my eyes at all. No, yeah, definitely not. I mean, he had all the personnel that he needed. I think he just didn't put guys in the right spots all the time. He had edge rushers dropping into coverage, like Khalil Max dropping to coverage on third down and stuff like that. It's just, it's just brutal. Like, and then he would send unneeded blitzes at the wrong times and stuff like like, against veteran quarterbacks that could easily read that and just get the ball off. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. It just clearly was not a good fit at all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so on to some MLB. Yep. Uh, the Cubs recently brought back Jake Arrieta. Ooh, Cubs legend. Help uh, some may say fill out the rotation. I mean, personally though, I really don't think it's too like crazy of a signing. I it's think just the name. That's the only reason it made news is exactly. because Arrieta is coming back. Because I mean, you look at his last couple of seasons, and um, there there's not much to really uh, 
Yeah, he's he's had a gradual decline. I mean, he hasn't had yeah. he hasn't had a FIP under under four since 2016, which was his last. I don't know. I mean, I guess he's had an all right year in 2017 and 2018. He was average, but he hasn't had a an above average year since 2016. So right. I mean, I guess. And especially from like the season that he had in um, 2015, where he won the Cy Young. I mean, yeah. talk about a drop off. Just. I mean, we 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 see this with some pitchers, but I mean, he he literally had probably one of the best pitching years that we've ever seen, and then yeah. after that, he he had a he had a few good years after, but yeah, it's just been a gradual decline, like you said. Yeah, he was one of those guys who was who were a late bloomer, and then kind of just dragged off after a couple of years. I mean, he's yeah. he's a serviceable guy, though. I don't think that's a bad pickup for them, but no, I don't think he's not. I don't think he's much of a difference maker. No, no, yeah, for sure. That's like, I don't know. He's yeah, it's, he's it's just a filler spot, you know. Yeah, I mean he's an innings eater. Hopefully he can stay healthy for them. I mean, he he has experience in the playoffs. If they do get there, who right. knows? But I mean he he could he could help them out. I mean, just don't don't shift when uh when he's pitching. Oh yeah, you know how he feels about that. <laughs> Philadelphia learned that the hard way. Oh man, that yeah that interview's golden. If you haven't uh, seen that, definitely check that out. Yeah, and then uh, also Justin Turner recently re-signed with the uh, Dodgers yep. on a two-year, thirty-two million dollar contract, I believe. Yeah. I mean he's thirty-six, but I mean he's still he's putting up good numbers, you know. Thirty-four million, my mistake. Two years, thirty-four. Yeah, so seventeen a year, but I mean I I I think that's a good signing for them. I mean it pushes them over the salary cra- uh, salary or the luxury tax yeah. a lot, but uh, they've shown a willingness to want to repeat, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Because they definitely, they definitely have the revenue to spend like this, but they, I mean, they're they're trying to get Kershaw out of the ring. I don't blame them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I'm I'm not surprised that JT kind of uh he when he resigned with the Dodgers. Just I just remember the last thing I remember of him was having his mask off like <laughs> at the um that was like a really big deal. Oh at, yeah, at the World Series. It's kind of crazy how they just swept it under the rug too. Yeah. They just completely like disregarded. And he it. he came back on the field like one time with a mask, and then he took it off. Yeah, and he, then he like, tested positive. He was in the team pictures. And yeah, just, I don't know if it ended up. I don't think it was a false negative. No, nah, I I think he truly had it. I think they were just kind of like. But I well, didn't hear anything about like the rest of the team coming out and like, oh, there's a COVID outbreak. No, so maybe they just didn't care. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But or maybe they just. They just kind of swept it under the rug because they've been waiting so long. I right. Don't, I don't know. But looking past that situation, I mean, JT, he's he's a really good player. Oh, yeah. Still. He's also another late bloomer. Uh, him and uh, Daniel Murphy kind of figured it out at the same time with yeah. the Mets, and then they just kind of carried on ever since. Well, Daniel Murphy's retired now, but mm-hmm. Justin Turner's uh, still still. I mean, last year, producing. yeah, 40, 42 games, 307. It's getting it done, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't had an OPS under 800 since – what 2013 that's pretty crazy i mean what 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 else can you ask for i mean he's a, he's not the best defender but he's solid i mean yeah for that production at third base you really can't ask for much more though yeah exactly i agree yeah definitely good signing by the dodgers and i think they have a pretty good chance of repeating i mean yeah. everybody's talking about the padres and they're just loaded with talent they are loaded but i feel like the dodgers just have 
so much more chemistry already and playoff oh, experience. Yeah. I feel like that's completely underrated. Yeah, and they have they also have a good farm system too. Yeah, I mean, they had, they have Josiah Gray, the uh, right-handed pitcher, who's coming up this year also, and he's not even mm-hmm. gonna have a spot in the rotation. He's like the eighth starter. Right. <laughs> so and. Yeah, they have a ton of depth. It's crazy. And also going back to Justin Turner, he's one of the best uh, playoff performers of all time. Oh, yeah. So it's never bad to have one yeah, of those they have guys, guys in the team. And, I mean, honestly, having Kershaw kind of show up, like, big time this past postseason, he had a few kind of okay outings, but he, like, this was by far, I think, his best postseason that he's ever had. And to have that and to have the World Series under his belt, even at his age, He's still got some good years left, like some really good years in my eyes. And just getting that first World Series, he's going to be so much more comfortable when they come oh, back yeah. to the playoffs. Like it's going to be night and day. Yeah, they're definitely going to be in the zone next year for sure. I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're one of those teams that are going to have a World Series hangover because they've been fighting for it for so long. They oh, just yeah. kind of they expect to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I at could, this point. I, I could honestly like if they repeat, I would not be surprised. Yeah, definitely. They definitely remind me of those Yankees teams in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, just. They literally have I mean, like a stud at every position. They kind of, and they they should have too, because they, what was it, the seven game series with the Astros, who yep. blatantly cheated that year, so they they just had a World Series stolen from them. Yeah, basically, it's uh, it's kind of a travesty, but no, it it's completely a travesty. I'm I'm glad the Dodgers got over it though. That's good for them. Yeah, and they definitely used that as fire, like, for, and motivation just to go and what they like do what they did last year. So I I feel like. Having that and someone like Joe Kelly, who's, who's probably never going to get over that, um, mm. as well as the rest of the team. I don't Definitely know. Not. They're just, like you said, they, they do remind me of the Yankees teams from the early 2000s. So if they repeat, I mean, I would not be surprised. Yeah. And then moving on to some other uh, MLB transactions, uh, Andrew Benatendi uh, was recently traded to the Royals. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad pickup for them for a rebuilding team uh, to take a flyer on a guy who was uh, a top prospect coming up. Right. Had some solid years with the Red Sox. So Fell off a little bit there. Yeah, he had uh, four years with a above average OPS, solid hitter, solid defender. I mean, why not? I mean, he's he's kind of tailed off a little bit over the past like mm. year and a half or so. But I mean, why not? I mean, they're they're not expected to win this year. Why not take, try to take and a chance? And he's on a guy? he's twenty six. He's he's young enough to where he could easily bounce back and exactly. have a great career. Yeah. So he's he. I mean, he's got great tools. I mean, why not? I like, mean, for the for the White Sox sake, hopefully he doesn't perform oh, well. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it definitely it's a nice little like he's he's got some experience. So it's. I guess you could say it's not really a veteran pickup, but it's it's nice to pick up a guy like that for a rebuilding team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's won before too, so that's right. Uh, he could definitely like educate some guys. He brings in uh, a winning mentality for exactly. sure. Exactly. I mean, and they didn't really pay much for him, so I I like. I was the about pickup. to say, what was the salary? Uh oh, he he's still on like his uh, arbitration contract, okay. so he he doesn't get paid very much, especially since he hasn't been playing that well of of late. So right, it's I mean pennies at this point for any team. Right. And so yeah, I mean I don't know if there's that much to talk about with with them and the Royals as a whole because I mean they're still rebuilding. They have uh, some young pitchers like Brady Singer mm-hmm. and uh, Jackson uh, Kowar. I mean nothing nothing too crazy though. Right. Uh, so we wanted to touch on uh the projections that recently came out for oh uh, here we go Pakota USA Today and Fangraphs yeah uh, mostly touching on the White Sox, um, so 
I'm I'm gonna start with the most controversial one in my eyes, which is a uh, Pakoda. Um, so Pakoda has the White Sox projected at eighty three and seventy nine, which is good for third in the division. Okay. Yeah. I. How do you feel about that, Joe? I'm gonna start with, and I I honestly don't see a world where the Indians, who recently traded their best player Francisco Lindor, finish ahead of the White Sox. Yeah, it's just. It's, it's sim- I mean, it's not going to happen. Like, I, I just truly don't see how the Indians do it. I mean, they have a good rotation. Don't get me wrong. They right. got Bieber, Plesek, and uh, Savale and all that. But mm-hmm. I just don't see, like, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. I, they, they're, they're, who's, who's even playing the outfield for them this year? I, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. Like, it doesn't There's it doesn't so many sense. Yeah, and and like with losing Lindor, they they have a lot of shoes to fill this upcoming year. Exactly. And and like they do have a good rotation, but I mean the White Sox just as a team right now, there's so much more complete than the Indians. So yeah. yeah. The twins the twins are gonna give us a run for our for our money for sure. Um yeah, I mean, as opposed to the Indians. I mean they're I, f- I feel like the twins are a much better team than the Indians right now. Yeah, I'm not mad. At like, the, I wouldn't be mad at any ranking if they had the twins ahead of us because we right. haven't we haven't gone out and proved that we could do it yet. I mean, we we should have won the division last year, but we didn't. So bottom line is they they're the defending champs of the division, so they deserve that respect. Right. I, I I like I can attest to that. That's fine, mm-hmm. but I just I I just don't see what they were thinking here. I for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Pakota is kind of like. It it was founded by uh, this guy. I'm not sure what his name is, but he's he's like a, a f- he's in the like finances and stuff. But he's some genius apparently who uh, who came up with an algorithm to project teams uh, teams and player stats and standings and all that. So every year they come out with uh, projections before the year, and there's always some like wild card projections so that just don't just, make much d- sense. What are they just basing it off stats from the previous year or? Uh, I'm not sure what they do, but they just kind of just plug it into a formula and say this is what it came out with. I feel like any time you do that, though, it's just not going to be accurate, you know? No, yeah, because it's all computer-based. It's not going to take any intangibles intact or, like... And we've seen teams look great on paper before, and it just doesn't pan out, and then vice versa, you know? Exactly. Like, so, like I don't, I'm not even sure how they can just project on the future on some guys when they haven't even seen them play in the major leagues. Exactly. But, I mean... Like uh, what what they say about Andrew Vaughn? Oh, Fangraphs had uh, Andrew Vaughn projected to hit <laughs> to have a two ninety eight on base percentage. I I just don't see that happening. <laughs> he's he has some of the best plate discipline on the White Sox, and he's not even technically on the major league roster yet. Right. I I just don't see that happening. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna go out and have the same on base percentage as Yolmer Sanchez. I'll put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like, a that's that's just a blatant insult. Yeah. I mean, I could see if he came up for like 20 games and that happened, but from the looks of it, I could see him being up right away. So, yep. I, yeah, I, that doesn't make much sense to me. And then USA Today had us ranked first in the division. So it's like, the, th- that's all these are. You know, they're just projections. So Yeah. Personally, I think USA Today probably had one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Like just looking around the league, I, I agree with almost every division winner. One of the weird ones, I guess, was they had Milwaukee one game ahead of the Cubs. Yeah, that that is odd. So I mean, I don't really see that because they they've just kind of tailed off every year. Milwaukee. They have, yeah, they have three. I mean, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Cincy, and those uh, in the USA Today rankings are all within like four games of each other. Yeah, 
One thing I feel pretty good about though is that they have Atlanta over the Mets. I think I think the Mets have been a little overhyped lately Completely. just because they've been making splashes all offseason, but yeah. I I still don't I still have to see it to believe it, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the Braves, they've done it they've done it consistently for about 2-3 years now, so yeah. it, they're only getting better. They have so many young players. And players. I love that they have I love that they have the Dodgers 10 games over the Padres. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are just clearly the better team. Yeah. Like, the Padres, they... People they just want to... I feel like people are just saying that Padres are better because they're sick of the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, they just... Because it's the, the trendy thing to say. But I, if you look at every aspect of the team, the Dodgers are just better in every way. Yep. Like, the don't get me wrong, San Diego is one of the best teams in the league, but... They're just not even close. That's just, I don't know, I'm just hearing that it's just weird to say. Like I never yeah. thought I'd see the day where San Diego would have one of the most talented rosters in the league. <laughs> it's. I think it's less of a gripe on San Diego more than it is just how good the Dodgers are compared to everyone else. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these projections, the these top, the three of these, they're kind of all over the place, but we'll see what happens. I just, yeah, the Pakota ranking just rose me the wrong way. Oh, uh, also, and Fangress has us at 87 and 75, which is second place, one game back of the Twins. That's also way more realistic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I just don't. Yeah, Pakota had us almost at 500, four games above. I that I just don't think there's any chance of that happening. Yeah, I, definitely not. But 87 wins, I, I could definitely see that being plausible for the White Sox. And like I said, I'm cool with being one game back of the Twins because they they edged us out last year, so. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So, today uh, marks the official start of the baseball season. Yes. Uh, pitchers and catchers uh, officially reporting. Very big day. Uh, Tony Larusa's putting the uniform on for the first time in what? I uh, think since 2011-ish. Right? Yeah, 2010-11. So, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the first time a Hall of Famer's ever came back just to play after being, I mean, not to play, to coach. Mm-hmm. Coach or play, I think, uh, to uh, manage the team. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. He does. So in his last game, I mean, he won the World Series, right? If I'm not mistaken, I believe so. Yeah, with uh, Lance Lynn on the team. I mean, that's a hell of a way to go out. So yeah. I mean, le- let's hope that he comes back with. I mean, ten years is a long time. You know, yeah. Oh, any yeah. Any way you look at it. I mean, people definitely think the game has passed them by, but I don't think so. I think great baseball minds can uh, stick around for a while. That's true. He'll definitely be able to adjust. And and I was kind of one of those people that was. I, I, it's just because we have such a young team and and a and a, and a fresh new mindset, and then throwing mm-hmm. in somebody like Larusa and the DUI didn't help either. But um, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely caused some uh, unneeded attention after the hiring. But and there were there were players that didn't want to come here, right? There was at least one that didn't want to come here because of Larusa. Yeah, I mean, but I, that didn't really make much sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why that would make sense because it's not like the manager doesn't dictate everything on the team. Like, exactly. They're like it's still you're still going to be around the players more often than anything. So I mean, if it's a good locker room culture, the manager really doesn't matter all that much. For sure. I mean, as long as they don't mess up the X's and O's, I mean, and it w- it's going to be pretty hard to. Um, it would be hard to mess up this current White Sox roster, you know. Oh yeah, and I, he's been known as being an A one bullpen manager. Mm-hmm. Like that was literally his thing as as a manager. He was the bullpen guy. So I I have my full faith in him being able to manage us, especially in the playoffs. Oh yeah, as opposed to um. 
the Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Uh, talk about a flip in bullpen management. <laughs> Putting Carlos Rodon in the high leverage situation I mean, after not pitching for a while and yeah, <laughs> and not even pitching out of the bullpen as his normal role. I remember watching that game. I'm like, what is happening? I was just, I was, I may have been yeah. cursing at the TV. I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, the game kind of went off the rails when he pulled Dane Dunning pretty early like that, and then Garrett Crochet has that uh, that's injury scare. Yep. That that kind of put him put us out of our game plan, and it didn't seem like we were able to recover after that. Yeah, Ricky was. I mean, so just I guess throughout his tenure with the White Sox, his his decisions for um, regarding pitching just throughout the game they've been questionable. That and that and that's being nice, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Uh. Another White Sox bit is uh, Michael Kopech returning. Yeah, this this is just like a it's been a very weird situation because yeah. it's it's kind of hard to to judge exactly what's going on because it's it's a mental thing. It's not even yeah. it's not even injuries. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of touch and go. But apparently he's uh he's at full mental health, uh, full physical health. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think there could be any other any other good signs besides that yeah uh we just gotta see what he how he performs in spring training see uh if he possibly could start with the team who knows or if they get him a few starts in charlotte and triple a before uh i think i think he's in a good spot right now i hope so Uh, i mean it's hard to tell you know yeah giolito said that uh he was in good shape uh he was talking to him at spring training and all that stuff he was there early that's good. That's yeah. a very good sign. All signs, all signs point to a solid return. Hopefully, he can make an impact to throw a, maybe a hundred and twenty or so innings in the MLB this year. Because yeah. they definitely won't give him a, a, a full leash or anything like that. Just no, and I don't think they should. That probably wouldn't be the smartest idea. No, long term wise, I think I think one twenty is good. One twenty, one hundred and twenty good innings of Michael Kopech. I'll I, take that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that can win us. That can win us a decent amount of games. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, speaking of Giolito, him and T.A. have been um, pretty public about um, their attitude for this upcoming season. Yeah, they were. Uh, they both talked about, oh, Lucas Giolito's quote was that they should go out and try to kill the other team <laughs> every game. I mean, hey, man, I'm all for it. Oh yeah, I. That's the kind of that's the kind of reason you go out and sign a guy like Liam Hendricks, a guy like Adam Eaton, a guy like Lance Lynn. Adam Eaton, man. Get, get some fire in the clubhouse. That's, got, get some grit, man. Oh yeah, I mean, that, those guys will never let anyone else get content. In the oh no, oh, no, they're they're fierce guys. And with Ta and Giolito, like both of them coming around, because they're they're two of the leaders of this team. Like, yeah. And they they even admitted they're like last year we were good, but we just didn't have that killer instinct. Yeah. And, just to have this aggressive mentality, it's getting me hyped up for the season. Yeah, he came up. He came out and said that once they clinched the playoffs last year, they kind of took their foot off the gas. And yeah. They don't. They don't want something like that to happen this year. And, and we I, saw. We literally saw that happen. You know? Yeah. They, they blew the division. Yeah, they crumbled in the last like week and a half of the season. And I mean, all they needed to do is win one more game to win the division. So yeah. if they don't take their foot off the gas. There, who knows what could have happened? They, exactly. They wouldn't even have had to play the A's. They and I think Abreu else. said something. Remember, we clinched the playoffs and like we lost. A few games in a row, and Abreu was like, "We gotta stop! Like, we gotta get out of this rut." Exactly. And they just never did. Yeah, I mean, it was good that he recognized it, but the rest of the clubhouse has to buy into that also. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like they were just kind of cruising and waiting for the playoffs. Like, I mean, as a fan, I know I was like, "Please just get us to the playoffs," because yeah. we were we were literally like crawling into the playoffs at that point. Oh yeah, like we we took off sprinting at first, but at, by the end we were, yeah, we <laughs> we yeah, started to slow down exactly. Heavily. Yeah, but it's it's good that they have that killer instinct now. 
Um, another another piece on the White Sox. Andrew Vaughn could hopefully be in the opening day lineup. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on whether or not he's extended. But uh, I've seen I seen some reporters say that he even without an extension, he could possibly be up opening day. I that mean, would be huge. I'm all for it. I I know uh, everyone. A lot of the hardcore fans are into the service time manipulation. Uh, and for the people who don't know what that is, uh, you can wait a few weeks into the season and uh, it can push back free agency for the player uh, one year uh, so that they, w- they won't have to pay them as much mm-hmm. as they probably would for a, a full year just by waiting a few weeks. And we saw that happen with Chris Bryant, and we know how yeah. that went, right? Yeah, uh, but the White Sox have been pretty good about not having to do that because they're the best team at uh, extending guys before they even come up. Yep. So that that sort of thing could happen with Vaughn. Uh, they did it. You saw the same thing with Luis Robert and uh, Eloy. So hopefully that can happen. Right. Um, I've also seen talks uh, with Giolito and Lynn being uh, being brought up. So mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, both of them could get extended. Also, I I don't think all of them would get extended. I nah, just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, don't think I see probably maybe one. I mean, I'd say Giolito honestly yeah, out of them. I, if I had to prioritize one, probably Giolito, just because he's the most important pitcher that we're probably gonna have throughout the whole run. So, I think keeping him around is probably the best. I could see him wanting to come back because he likes it in Chicago yeah. and he likes the clubhouse. Oh yeah. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they can come to agreement. I don't, I don't really know what the numbers would look like on that because they would avoid arbitration. I don't either. And like, these are all good players, but someone like Giolito and then Robert and Eloy, I feel like we could get away with not paying them a ton. You know, if that makes sense. Because um, they have they have potential, but maybe okay. I could see Robert maybe asking for a lot of money, but like Giolito, I feel like would sign back here because it's the White Sox, just not for a ton of money. I think. Well, the thing is, that's good about extending the young players is that they don't know how they're going to do in the majors, right. and they want that financial security. So the teams offer them that security for maybe less of the price as if they went out in their rookie year or their yep. s- in their first and second years, say, uh, and killed it, you know? Because mm-hmm. then they would be like, well, I want a lot of money because I'm going to be good for a long time. Right. But a lot of these players, especially uh, Eloy and Robert, they come they come from a different country, so they, they want that financial security for sure, you know? That's true. But That's the a guy with Gilito, I he's already proved himself, so I feel like he could ask for the big bucks because a lot of people consider him a top 10 pitcher in the league. Yeah. So he he could either wait to test free agency or just have a certain number that he set on the White Sox have to either give him that money or uh, or fold. Yeah, and if he if he does set that number, I, I say we got to go out and get him because like yeah, he's, I agree. he's like you said, he's got to be our ace for this run. He's like, essential. Yeah. Yeah. No he's, doubt. He's only getting better. I mean, he's, he's literally dominated the other team just using – just having two good pitches. He has the the fastball and the changeup. His slider and his curveball haven't really been uh, consistent. I mean, he's thrown. Uh, I want to say eighty percent of his pitches are those two pitches. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy, if you ask me. I mean, if he can even add any of that, um, I mean, even like one more pitch, like say he gets his slider better. I mean, he's gonna be one of. The, he's gonna be a top three pitcher in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, like a stat I saw yesterday was. Uh, he's had, he's had the most swings and misses, uh, and pitches in like in the heart of the zone, like right down the middle, out of anyone in the league. Really? Yeah. He uh he gets whiffs twenty eight percent of the time on Sheesh. pitches down the middle. That's uh, 
it's ahead of Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, so I mean, that's amazing company. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. To be able to throw a pitch down the middle and get a swing and miss almost 30% of the time, that's outrageous. Yep. Literally, yeah, I agree. Literally only throwing a fastball or a changeup. So, um, I think that does it for the White Sox for now. Yeah, yeah, I think so also. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a, just a ton to look forward to, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, on to some uh, recent, uh, more sad news. Um, uh, Vincent Jackson, foreign, former NFL player, has recently passed away at 38 years old. Yeah, three-time Pro Bowler, um, Madden legend. I mean, he 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 was one of the most speedy receivers to use. I just yeah. remember growing up using him all the time. Yeah, he was uh, he was great with those jump balls. He was six five. Oh yeah, he he's great. I mean, he was a very good NFL player. I mean, it's it's really sad that this happened. Yeah, and it's just like he was remembered more for his time with the um the Buccaneers, I'd say, than the Chargers. And just to like kind of, I remember he was. I saw him posting about the uh, just the the Buccaneers run that they had this year, and it's yeah. just like, I mean, at least he got to see them win. But who knows what like state of mind or or if he was okay at the time that they won. Yeah. But um, yeah. There's not a whole lot saying exactly what happened right now so yeah the, i mean it just happened a few days ago yeah the details haven't really came out yet but uh he wasn't he, he was only 38 years old i mean that's it's pretty crazy yeah and it wasn't there it wasn't like a car accident or like a freak injury it was just yeah. they just found him in his apartment so yeah it's pretty it's pretty sad it is very sad <clears throat> just wanted to pay our yeah pay bit. our respects a little bit because yeah. he he was i mean he was a very good wide receiver in the NFL. Great yeah, player, definitely. and and from what I've heard from um, other players, that he, he was a great teammate too. So yeah, really sucks. It does. <clears throat> so uh, on to some uh, Blackhawks. Oh yeah. Uh, very <laughs> happy right now with what's going on. <laughs> very surprised. I'll let you take the lead here. Um, the last couple weeks, we've Hawks have won six of their last eight games, and they've had a chance to win all of those games. After last season, I we snuck into the playoffs. We should not have been there. I'm just going to say it. Edmonton was a better team than us. We beat them in like the play-in situation cuz last year was just weird with how the playoffs were. Yeah, I think they just took advantage of Edmonton trying to ride the, ride the hot uh power play all year. Yeah. And um we got in, played Vegas, got absolutely smoked. <laughs> the only reason we even won a game was because Crawford stood on his head. I think he had like 48 saves or yeah. something, and we won the game by a goal. It was because um, they had they didn't even have Leonard in and goal at that time, right? They had Fleury. Um, I think so. I think they were kind of bouncing back and okay, forth. Yeah. Because they, I know uh, Vegas had two really good goalies. Cause yeah. They got Leonard from us, but. and that's yeah. I mean, for the first half of that season, we had Leonard, so it was kind of a weird situation where like, why did we go out and get Leonard if we had Crawford? And I think yeah. halfway through the season, we're like, yeah, why did we do that? Because I feel like having two number one goalies. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but at the same time, how do you decide who to put in a big game? And how do you, like, and how do you? Tell it doesn't matter if they have experience or not they need to create like good momentum for that season and if you keep bouncing back and forth it's they're going to be fighting for the spot but nobody's really going to get into a good groove or a good yeah. rhythm for the season i completely so, agree it's just it was kind of a bad situation yeah so with with this hot streak going how much how much credit do you give Colton? you know what i was one of the guys i think just because i was so confused at the coach q firing 
Um, because I I thought Bowman should have went before him because the no, the yeah. players loved Quenville. Um, Colleton, I'm like, it's this young guy. Like, I don't know how much he knows, but it seems like he's really he's done a good job of developing players, and like he connects with the younger players that say really well. And someone like a Kane, I mean, you you don't have to coach him that much, you know. Yeah. Someone like Keith, someone like Seabrook, I, Taze. I know a couple of those guys aren't playing right now, but like. There's some guys that there's just a mutual respect there. Like yeah. you don't have to coach Kane that much, but the job are. that he's done with the younger players has honestly surprised me in the best way possible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's. I think he's done a great job of coaching them up, and uh, especially with the back end lines playing pretty well. Oh yeah. I mean, I I think usually like the past year or so, it's been like the first line kind of carrying the load as yeah. far as as far as the Hawks go. But this year, the second line, the third line, they've been pretty solid. And we had young defensemen in general for the past couple of seasons, but they're finally getting a couple of years under their belt, and they've just taken a huge step up. Like, um, they're just so much grittier this year. You oh, know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the style of hockey that we're playing is like completely opposite of last year. Like last year, which is crazy. We. Our de- our defensemen were playing o- Ole <laughs> with, and then they were just basically relying on Corey Crawford to be able to. And we were save just like we we're kind of just shooting for the fences. We exactly. wanted all we wanted to win games like six five five yeah. four every time, and defense was kind of just an afterthought. And then, yeah, here we are. I mean, our last game we had we had twenty shots on goal through regulation, and we win the game three to two in overtime. <laughs> exactly, we're we're gritting games out, playing tough defense, and. I mean, we're not the strongest team in offense. Don't get me wrong, right. but uh, we're relying on the power play. We're, I mean, but we're executing. So I mean, if the second and we're almost at thirty-five percent on the power play, yeah. which is good enough for second in the league, which is actually pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, even say there is some regression there. It, say we go down to like twenty-seven, twenty-eight percent. I'm pretty sure that's good. That's still pretty that, solid. yeah, that's really good. That that would yeah. be good enough for if we're top ten, top like seven. I'd say in the league, that's that's a great place to be at. Exactly. Cause and I, our penalty kills is ninth in the league, so we're doing good on defense too. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, our our defense our defense is definitely uh, something I don't see regressing. I think I think if anything, it might get better. Oh so, yeah, give so, it a couple years. Those guys, I mean. They're all going to be in, like, their mid-20s. Duncan Keith is 37, and he's still leading the Blackhawks in ice time. <laughs> I mean... That can't... that That's not going to be the case um, in in the next couple of years, but it, it's still pretty impressive to see. Duncan Keith is the definition of grit. Oh, yeah. He... he I mean, just... His hairstyle, his his beard, just everything about him, you know, screams hockey player. (laughs) Never forget losing the teeth like that. Oh, yeah. And he didn't get them fixed until uh, after the parade. Yep. Uh, So do you you think Stan Bowman may be off off the hook because of this? Sadly, yes. Um, These players are completely bailing him out in my eyes right now. And he's... I just what really rubbed me the wrong way is when when Lankin and our new new star goalie. I mean, he's just been fantastic. But when he started playing well, Bowman's like, he's like, yeah, he's been surprising us pleasantly. But we knew what like, <laughs> yeah, acting it's like, like okay, then why'd you start two goal? He was the third goalie to play this year. It yeah, just, you'd stop acting like you this you knew this would happen because yeah. you didn't. Because in some interviews, he was saying that they were set at goalie like acting like he had a solution, but Lincoln Lincoln clearly wasn't the solution in his head, but he just happened to have have a, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I like the fact that he was with our AHL affiliate for like two or three years, which yeah. means we built him up, but 
first game of the year, we send Subban out, gives up five goals. We're like, all right, we'll try <laughs> Delia, And we send him out there, gives up five goals. So we're kind of just like throwing guys out there at that point. Lincoln yeah. has a few good starts. We ride with him, and he's been great ever since. So I think I Definitely. really do think he's our guy. And then in Subban, ever since then, has been a good backup. So, I mean, we found the situation, but I feel like that's on the players. That's not – I don't give any credit to Bowman there. I think he got bailed out. No, yeah, definitely. To be completely honest. I agree. And it's definitely going to save his job for at least another year, which is – I'm not going to say – well, I, I, I'm going to say it. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it <laughs> is unfortunate because he's – I mean, he did great things for the organization, but – I mean, there's it just comes a time where you have to move on. We've kind of moved we've moved on from our head coach. We have a younger team now, because throughout our run we were young, but there was a lot of veteran experience there. We've kind of just changed the mindset of our team, because now now Kane and Taze are like these older guys. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong, they're still pretty young. They're in their early 30s, but they're like our our veteran leaders, and yeah. so we just have a completely new mindset and. I think with that you got to get rid of a guy like Stan Bowman. He's he's done his job here, and I think he's overstayed his welcome a little bit. And he's getting oh, bailed yeah. out by this team because nobody expected the Hawks to do as well as they are doing right now, which is the no. weird thing. Yeah, and, they're they're surprising a lot of teams. Right, and Doc Kirby Doc was a rookie last year, and he's out for a few months, so we don't have Doc. We don't have our team's captain in Taze. So put those guys in there. I, I mean, we're we'd be doing even better than we are right now. Yeah, exactly. I but mean, with the lack of experience that this current roster has with the injuries, Seabrook's out too, and he's obviously three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's lost an edge, but he's, he's still got the experience there. I just don't know how successful we can actually be like if we make it to the playoffs. No, yeah, but I'll always root, I'll always root for the team to make the playoffs at least. Right. I mean, I mean, Nobody's going to root for a team to tank, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, Stanley Cup as- aspirations are a little out, I mean, a little out there, but it's, I mean, it's always fun to root for a good Hawks team. Though, exactly. You know? Yeah, and these guys, I mean, they're young and they're, they're just exciting to watch. It's kind of refreshing to see. No, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, you root for good player development and then uh, hopefully the team can win some and games. And that's, I mean, as as of right now, that's what we're seeing. Is seeing we're seeing good uh, young player development. So hopefully yeah. they can keep it up. But Stan, um, you're still on thin ice, buddy. <laughs> so uh, on to some Bulls. Another young team. Yeah, uh, gone through some ups and downs lately, to say the least. But uh, their last game against the Pacers, I mean, that was, I think that was an up. Yeah, that's definitely an up. Zach Levine um, making Levine, a clutch shot at the end of the game. Yeah, he's really proving team. that like he is the guy that's going to have the ball at the end of the game. Yeah, he's, he's legit. The talent's obviously been there for the, I'd say, most of his career. I mean, yeah, he's literally always, his stats are have been getting better every single year, which is kind of hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, he came into the league as this raw athlete who could jump really high. Uh, won two dunk contests, right? Yeah. Back-to-back, I believe. Yeah, and then he uh, he couldn't shoot that well his rookie year but mm-hmm. he he always got better and better i mean his three-point percentage has consistently gone up every year it's uh it started around 34 percent and now it's worked its way up to 43 percent so far this year and there's a case that he could be a, an all-star starter i mean beal's probably going to get the start over him but yeah he he needs to be an all-star this year like oh, there's yeah. there's no excuse for him not to be in the all-star game this it year. would be criminal for him not to be an it all-star, would be i mean quite honestly 28 5 and 5 
It's yeah. five and a half on, and five. On great efficiency. I mean, he's shooting 51% yeah, on 19 shots a game, almost 20. I mean, that's pretty absurd. I mean, what else can you really ask for? I mean, sure, the team's record isn't that great, but it's a young team, and it's not really on him. He plays well every and he's, night. He's a 25 year old guy, and he's expected to be the leader of an exactly. up and coming team. I mean, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Zach Levine catch way too much flack for the team. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, people are people are coming at his head or, or coming at the Bulls' ownership and trade this guy while he still got value. It's like he he's just entering like yeah. the first part of his prime. Why wouldn't you want to keep a guy like that? I mean, he's the kind of guy who's going to attract another free agent exactly. that, that may be even better than him to put the team over the top eventually. Right. And was it somebody said this the, like with Lonzo? They're like, this is the first time that we're hearing of somebody actually wanting yeah. to go to the Bulls in a few years, which yeah. is it's refreshing, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Lonzo Ball would be a great pickup for the team. But, oh yeah, that would be. Yeah, great. I mean, he fits that. He fits like uh, the complimentary piece that Zach Levine would need at point guard right next to him. And too, talk also. about talk about undeserved like uh, trashing of a player. <laughs> Lonzo Ball yeah. is literally the poster boy for that. Oh yeah, I mean, he's actually a really solid player. I think I think people just are what, looking they, at points per game and not actually. I was looking about to say the they stats. they they're asking for something that isn't even necessary for him to be a great player. He's exactly. a point guard. You don't yeah. have to score a ton of points at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. He's a great rebounder, a, a fantastic rebounder for a point guard, great passer, he's got great court vision. He only needs to put up, like, 10 points a game, realistically, to be a great point guard, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and people say, like, oh, he can't shoot, he can't shoot. His shooting percentage has gone up every year. I mean, his he started off at 36%, and now he's up to 42% from the field, which isn't, like, great, but it's getting better, you know? Yeah. And then uh, his three-point percentage is also up 7% from his rookie year. Oh, and also he's 23 years old. I yeah. mean... He shoots thirty-seven percent from three. That's not that's not too bad. And he's shooting seven a game. Like, yeah, that's with his efficiency going up. Uh, he's averaging thirteen point seven a game, which isn't awful. I mean, it's pretty solid if you ask me. And then uh, his his rebounds and assists are solid. Yeah. I mean, he's not playing a crazy amount of minutes per game. So, well, he is playing thirty minutes. Never mind. <laughs> but I. I think he's a solid player. Yeah, I mean, and and there's definitely still there's a ton of room for improvement. Like you said, he's been getting better each year in his career. So yeah. he and he's also fine with not having to shoot the ball. I mean, if anything, yeah, I mean he is a pass first point guard actually. Mm-hmm. So I mean he, that's the perfect kind of guy for Zach Levine. Yeah, looking at these numbers, it seems like he's just kind of getting off to a slower start this year because. Last yeah. year he had seven assists per game, six rebounds. That's really, I mean, that's good for a point guard, you know. Yeah, I. I don't know. I think uh, since Zion's kind of took that step up, maybe he just has doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. Right. But it's. I mean, he's he's willing to do that though. Like that's what I'm saying. He's the kind. That's the kind of guy he is. Where he's willing to take a back seat for a guy mm-hmm. who's going to shoot 60 percent from the field like Zion. Right. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah, by the way. I think he'd be a great addition to this Bulls team. Definitely. Just that unselfishness culture is what they kind of need to build. So they would have to shift because Levine Levine's at the. Um is he at the two right now? Yeah. Okay. So, would we just have Kobe White coming off the bench? Uh, they could either do that, or they could run a small ball kind of type lineup where yeah. uh, they they have Kobe, Lonzo, and Levine. Yeah, they could put Zach Levine at, at the, s- at at the small, three. Yeah. Yeah. He's six five, but I mean, everyone plays small ball kind of nowadays, so they mm-hmm. could do something like that, or they could do something where uh, they. 
bent, put Kobe White as a six man and kind of let him be a, a spark off the bench because he could definitely do something like that. I mean, yeah. you saw it last year as a rookie. Yeah. He was he was coming off the bench just dropping 30 a game. I mean, it was pretty crazy at some points. He he just couldn't miss. But, I mean, he's he's a little inconsistent, so I wouldn't be mad if they did something like that. But Yeah, he has spurts of greatness, but... Um yeah, definitely pretty inconsistent. I mean, he's he's a kid. It's his second yeah. year, so he's got he's got a ton of time to keep improving. But yeah, yeah, I definitely don't get mad at him for it. But I I wouldn't be mad if he came off the bench. Yeah, I think that would that actually might be a pretty good situation. I mean, that is if Lonzo comes here, you know. Yeah. So and uh, how with the young player development this year, uh, do you think Billy Donovan is the reason for it? I think that's. Yeah, partly it's partly Billy because I mean it. It was pretty apparent that the players hated Boylan. I mean, hate's mm. a strong word, but they just didn't want. They didn't want to play for him. You know. No. Yeah. Especially, Nobody did. Especially so when he would bench guys at the end of games and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's got to be pretty annoying, especially when you know like you're better than the guy who's out there, but it, it's just because he's a veteran, he's out there. It was frustrating seeing Markinen kind of come around and then getting hurt. Oh yeah, I know. You know, it's I, like. I, I like what he's I saw always, though. He's averaging 19 a game this year. Yeah, like, and that's great shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really hope he can carry on after he comes back. And what does he have? Like two, three more weeks till he comes back. So I think so. Hopefully, hopefully he can stay healthy when he does come back. I mean, I don't know how many games he'll actually be playing after because that's a long time. But right. Uh, hopefully he can just. Yeah, he he's shooting 50 over 51 percent from the field this year. 19 points a game. I mean, that's that's more than we could ask for. Yeah, it's extremely solid. I mean. That's the kind of player we expected him to be this whole time, so I'm glad he's uh, finally living up to it at least. Uh, but he is, I believe he is a restricted free agent after the year, so uh, that's going to be interesting. Intre- I was about that. to say it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure what they're willing to pay him compared to what he wants because I know he's going to want a decent amount because he, I mean, even if he was just averaging like 14 a game, stretch fours are so valuable that he would oh, get yeah. overpaid from another team if we didn't want to pay him. So oh, yeah, for sure. That's why I'm a little afraid, but I think I think we'll retain him. Yeah. Just um, because Otto Porter's coming off the books, $28 million. <laughs> yeah, can we not talk about that? Yeah, I don't really want to touch on Otto Porter today. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been nice. And with the young player development, I think part of that is just some of these guys getting – uh, like getting that first, getting that second year under their belts, like they're just getting more experienced and more comfortable in the league, you know? Yeah, especially a guy like Patrick Williams, youngest player in the league. Uh, just getting minutes, I think, will yeah. help him. Reps in practice. I mean, everything he can soak some knowledge off of and uh, some kind of experience and learn lessons off of, I think, I think will help him in the long run. Because, I mean, I think... I mean, he's got all the intangibles as far as, like, he's he's got a great work ethic and stuff like that. He's a quiet guy. So I I think uh, – I think Gives me kind of baby, like, Kawhi Leonard vibes a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. He's he's a quiet guy. Uh, has Yeah. I, mean, I like that, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need a few guys like that, I think. I mean, not everyone has to have a huge ego, especially for superstars-wise. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean – Billy Donovan coming. I, as soon as we signed him, I was like, I really like that pickup. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, 
I I think that his willingness to play the young players, like starting Patrick Williams on opening night, I think yeah, that, that, was... that instills confidence in young guys like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And makes them want to go out there and play hard because they want to they want to like show that they actually. And I saw in like spot. a in a post game interview the other night, it, he someone they were asking him they're like, why'd you start so and so? And he's like, oh, it's my fault. Like whatever. It, just like taking ownership for mistakes like that, and and yeah. kind of like. I don't know. He's a really good face of the team, as opposed to somebody like Jim Boylan. Yeah, I was about to say not to, I don't not to knock on a guy like Jim Boylan, but he was always kind of just deflecting questions. Oh and, yeah, it was like, it was of it was like awkward. Blame, I felt like secondhand awkwardness watching his interviews. Yeah, it was almost like he he just wanted to retain his job so much that he wanted to deflect the blame off of himself, but it was kind of backfired in a way because everyone was just like. You're not gonna stand up for your yeah, players. Yeah, like what are you doing? Like he was like, because people would ask him why he wasn't playing Lowry at the end of games, and he would be like, and he would just point out a mistake that he made, but instead of being like, oh, maybe I maybe I could have put him in here or something like yeah. that, or just or just uh, not airing out uh, his issues uh, to the media. It just it just looks like Billy's in the right spot. It looks like he's comfortable oh, yeah. there. I think I think co- coming from college. Especially having a lot of success in college, he knows how to interact with young players and how to develop oh, yeah. them and stuff like that. Yeah, and some instill confidence. It doesn't always pan out like from college to the pros. Like we saw that with. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> because he was almost too soft to handle. Uh, well, not he yeah, was. Yeah, he to was coach too soft. Grown men. He was too soft. But he, uh, I think Billy Donovan has a good. Uh, he has a good balance. And being in OKC for five or six years, I mean, he's yeah. already got experience under his belt, and he had some pretty successful teams there. Yeah, he handled, and he also handled some strong personalities while he was there. So he probably learned how to handle, uh, like professional players who are getting paid millions. Yeah, because you got Russ, um, KD, Paul George, who else? Melo for a year. Right? Yeah. So that those are some big egos there. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, it's definitely some characters, to say the least. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had Victor Oladipo, but I don't think he's much of a diva. So Yeah. Uh, now to move on to some uh, other NBA news. Uh, yesterday, uh, there was a pretty solid game with the uh, Nets and the Suns, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, KD and Kyrie both being out. They they both had injuries classified, like different different injuries, but I really think it was just load management. They just have to put down an, uh, an injury designation. Yeah. But, uh, the Suns beat Harden and Nets, and uh, it was a it was a pretty close game. It went down to the wire. Uh, Harden almost rallied them back, but uh, the Suns were able to pull it out. I just genuinely think the Nets don't. Oh wait, the what? Nets won the game. <laughs> oh, the Nets won. Yeah, I I don't I'm I flipped that. My bad. No, you're good. Um, yeah. the, I mean, even the fact like say they would have lost by like five or six points, you know, that would still be kind of like. That would be fine. They don't. They probably didn't even really care about winning this game. I genuinely think the Nets are the one team that do not care where they end up in like no. the standings. Yeah, they do not care because they. I feel like they like how they match up against anyone, so it doesn't really matter. Especially in the East, like they're just yeah. they're like we could be a four or five seed. We don't care. We could yeah. once it comes playoff time, they're gonna turn on the Jets. Cause they can just overpower guys. Because literally yesterday, uh, watching that game, it was it was a classic Houston Rockets game from when James Harden was before they had Chris Paul. Yeah, and it was just it was just him. This is the 
classic James Harden game. He just he had the ball in his hands. 38, 11, and 7. Yeah, yeah. Had, he had the ball in his hands every possession, uh, either draw a free throw, dished it out to the big man or the wing, uh, or just pulled up. <laughs> wow, the Nets. Yeah, they outscored the Suns 40-24 to 24 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, James and Harden the, had and a the big Suns the Suns started out really good this year. I don't know if they've been tailing off a little bit, but they're they're kind of oh they're solid. They're seventeen and ten. So yeah, they uh, have a pretty decent roster, honestly. Yeah. Chris Paul, Chris Paul always finds a way to make his team better, and they also had they had two uh, really solid players when he got there anyway, like yeah. DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker. But uh, the compliment, I they have Jay Crowder now. Yeah, oh, I see Cameron Payne on there. <laughs> <laughs> also, Etuan Moore, two, two two former Bulls Bulls legends. legends. <laughs> you ask me. Uh, yeah, I think Chris Paul was a great pickup for the Suns. I, that Bro. definitely put them into uh, definitely being able to win a, a playoff series in the West. I I think you could say Chris Paul is one of the most underrated NBA players ever. Oh yeah, the I impact mean, that he's had on the I mean everywhere he's gone, he's made them a playoff team. Easy first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, no question in my mind. Even, okay, like when he went to the Rockets, they were already a playoff team, but he just, with Oklahoma City, he I think he single-handedly kind of made them. Like, yeah, him and him and uh, Shea Gilligas-Alexander literally dragged they them. They carried in. the team. Yeah. Which was crazy. And and now with the Suns, I mean, the Suns were, the last couple of years as a team, they've been pretty horrendous. And, and you throw yeah. in a guy like Chris Paul right now, 17 and 10, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you... You get a guy like Chris Paul to form a good backcourt with Devin Booker who can shoot the lights out. Uh, I mean, what else can you ask for? Getting a guy who can distribute the ball like that and create opportunities. And then DeAndre Ayton, a former number one overall pick who's Mm -hmm. only getting better. He's still very young. Uh, Getting a guy who can dish the ball like that to him in the paint and get him in good positions. I... I don't. I don't see anywhere else where he could have gone, where he could have made a bigger impact. Honestly, I. I, I credit. Yeah, it was a great pickup. Yeah, I credit the Suns front office for doing something like that. For sure, that was a great thing. And then, uh, Mikal Bridges has also been solid on the wing for them. Yep. And, and they got a veteran like Jay Crowder to also uh, yeah, help solidify. Yeah, they have a pretty decent roster. Like, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're really going to surprise anybody in the playoffs or make a that deep of a run, but. I mean, just getting there for the Suns, that's that's a big step for them. Exactly, because they're still pretty young. I know Chris Paul's a little older, but Aiden and Booker are very young, and so is Bridges. And they also have Cameron Johnson, who doesn't play a crazy amount yet, but he's I think he's a solid player. Yep. He'll end up being something. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. Uh, and then also with some uh, Brooklyn Nets news, uh, I feel like we're rec- we're becoming a Brooklyn Nets podcast almost a little bit, but uh, they just they make so many moves. Like they <laughs> they remind me of the Lakers from last year or two years ago. You know? Yeah, they uh they signed a former uh, Oklahoma City Thunder guard slash forward uh, Andre Roberson. Uh, I think that I think that'll give them a good edge. Honestly, yeah, he's I don't even know how to even describe him as a player. Uh, great defender. That's it. <laughs> free throw shooter <laughs> uh i can't he had can't one of the that. i think did he have the lowest free throw percentage i think in the entire league uh he was bottom five that's for sure yeah. uh he was definitely lowest for guards i'll yeah. put it that way i mean it was him and deandre jordan have been fighting over that title for a while now i feel like yeah uh he had he had some bad injuries in the past but i think he he could definitely provide some good depth on the on the wing for them especially guarding uh some good some good guards in the playoffs mm-hmm. especially when they face like a team like the celtics or something like that yep. uh him i think putting him on like jason tatum or jalen brown would be good for them yeah i mean they're just they're kind of 
just going throughout the season they're kind of just shaping themselves for the playoffs like yeah like i said earlier they could kind of they couldn't care less where they end up in the standings oh, yeah. as long as they make the playoffs. They're definitely one of those teams that I could really see them want to go to. Yeah, I could see them being like a four or five seed and then end up making the finals. You know. Yeah, I I've seen people say that the Celtics can stand up to them, but personally, I really I don't think so. I mean, I like I like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Don't get me wrong, but I yeah. I don't see it. Like I know Kemba's a solid player and all that, but I I and just I don't, don't think they have enough firepower. And I don't. I don't see the Bucks or the Sixers kind of taking that next step either. No. You know? The big, the big the, reason for that is Ben Simmons not being able to shoot and Giannis not being able to shoot that well. Yeah. And, I mean, Joel kind of, he's he's really good, but in the playoffs we've seen him kind of take a step back in big games. Yeah. And they can they can focus more on him because they – And that's what they did with Giannis in the playoffs exactly, too. Exactly, because – uh, ben Simmons can't shoot, so if you try to pass it off to him on the wing, what is he going to do? He's just going to drive into the paint anyway. So, I mean, they're just clogging it up, and he doesn't have that much room to operate. Right. And especially in the playoffs when the defense is tighter and, they're, and the players are more locked in, then it's kind of it's really tough. And then with Giannis, they, they just send everyone into the paint and basically make him shoot. What is Giannis's salary looking like right now? Uh, Massive, I believe. Uh, he's... he's uh, He's not. I don't think he's super max level yet because, uh, but he's uh, he's over the thirties for sure. He. Oh no, Giannis. never mind. He uh, he recently signed one in December. I forgot about How that. How long did uh, they lock him up? Five, five years. Five years super match super max worth uh twenty two. Okay, because I know there was there was like rumors of the Bucks just trading him and and the team kind of blowing up. But um, yeah, I don't. Honestly, as long as he's there for the next five years, I don't see them winning a title. Yeah, I mean they have solid pieces around him, but they need another super. I think he needs another superstar around him. And that's honestly. what the NBA has kind of become. You yeah, know? I mean they have solid. I think they have. I mean, I guess you could call the other two guys stars, Drew and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. But they both. They're make, definitely not superstars. No, though. yeah, definitely not. But they're they're good players. I, I'm not gonna say like they're, but they get paid a lot of money. They they definitely they definitely uh, get paid what they're I mean I think they get paid a little over their pay grade but that's just oh, how yeah. the NBA is nowadays yeah like, the money in the NBA is kind of ridiculous yeah if you're even like somewhat good in the NBA you get paid like crazy I mean Ben Simmons is making twenty nine million a year right now I yeah. just I just looked it up that's insane yeah I mean, Joel's making six point one. Yeah, if you even like touch the All Star game or even get considered for the All Star game, you're making like almost thirty million dollars, if not over thirty million dollars a year in the NBA. Let's see, Ben Simmons. It looks like he's signed up or he's locked in for a five year contract. I want to see when he's yeah, because uh, he was a restricted free agent. I believe he just resigned with the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know. I feel like the Bucks and the Sixers are kind of in the same boat with like yeah. they're right there. They'll they'll make the conference finals a few times, but I don't I just if the Nets stay together like this for the next 3-4 years, nobody's going to beat them. Yeah, I think that uh the Sixers are more like more inclined to get rid of Ben Simmons than the Bucks are to get rid of Giannis. Oh yeah. Cuz don't get me wrong, I know Giannis is better than Ben Simmons, but I think they have the same issue. Like with not being able to shoot, I think that's so crucial to spacing, spacing for the rest. Was of the there? Team. I feel like there was kind of rumors that Joel could leave too, right? Yeah, there was a bunch of falling out rumors because they they kind of they they almost beat the Raptors. Yep, that was Game Seven that happened. Right? Yeah, and then once that happened, they they've kind of had some turmoil in quotations. 
but they're still I mean they're number one in the conference they're a great team, yeah but. it's just the the playoff success hasn't really come yet because they run into some issues usually but I mean, I mean they are young still yeah they're, they're a good team don't get me wrong I just don't see them going all the way I agree and actually having a chance if they somehow do I completely agree so yeah I mean he was rumored Ben Simmons was rumored in some of the James Harden trade talks I mean I don't know how true that was or anything like that or if that was just Houston asking for that package and the Sixers mm-hmm. refusing or what but he was rumored so yeah, that's right James Harden that was one of his kind of destinations right yeah it was one of the I mean it was basically down to those two yeah I mean I th- I think he landed in a better spot though I th- yeah I think so too and and I don't know I I could see the Nets winning but Lakers man I think it's going to be Nets Lakers this year that's my prediction <laughs> yeah I I think so too. I I think the whole I think everyone in the NBA is just kind of waiting on that to happen. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few uh, Celtics shooters out there. I mean, there's some Sixers probably too, but I don't see it. And with the I mean, people are still saying the Clippers. I don't think they could with with a healthy Lakers team. I don't think nobody in the West is really going to give them that much of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, no one's stopping LeBron at this point. I, and AD when he's healthy, <laughs> he's exactly. he's probably he's one of the most unguardable players ever <laughs> exactly and when you got lebron uh pushing into the paint and then he just dumps it off to ad i mean who's stopping that dunk no, like, nobody let's be honest nobody <laughs> literally yeah it's, or lebron just takes him takes it himself who's stopping him doing that i mean yeah. it's just an unstoppable combo especially when either of them have their jump shot going or both of them exactly I mean, and ad just got hurt but i don't think he's gonna be out for that substantial time no nah, and they're one of those teams in the regular season it really doesn't matter all that much no, like doesn't. they got taken they to ot a few times recently and i saw people like people uh, are saying they're worried yeah and i'm just like come on like let's be honest here like lebron always is coasting in the regular season like there's no need to be worried like the all you need to worry about is just them being able to stay healthy exactly at this point. and if they and if they can yeah if they can go into the playoffs as a healthy team i mean i don't know i don't even see the yeah. nets really beating them in the finals this year at least it's tough i i really have to see them play head-to-head i I I just try to picture that game playing out and I just don't know like how that goes. Like you I know feel like I mean? there's going to be problems with the Nets when they get farther in the playoffs just who's Possibly. gonna get that ball. Like, cause you literally have KD, Kyrie and Harden, which is insane to even think of like who gets that ball, you know? Yeah. Who gets that ball? Yeah, I mean I'm just thinking about I personally I want K D with that ball. Yeah, I think me too. out of the three of them. But me too. I mean But uh, thinking about it like this, I think Harden might be the best passer out of all three of them. So maybe he yep. takes the ball up, and then both of them just kind of get off-ball screens kind of set, and uh, or they just get Joe Harris going too because they Joe Harris is kind of slept on in that starting lineup. Can you imagine could, if he like makes the championship-winning bucket because they're all <laughs> expecting the ball to go to Kyrie or KD, Steve Kerr, John Paxson? Oh yeah, <laughs> honestly, that could happen. <laughs> I get no, yeah, I can see that. I mean, he could shoot the lights out with anyone in the and league. So. Literally, a one shot like that just makes you a legend for that team forever yeah i i'll tell you what i'd rather have him take that shot than andre roberson <laughs> or iguodala <laughs> i that's want iguodala sure. <laughs> that's for sure oh yeah um so uh we wanted to go with this little debate uh top five players in the nba right now mm-hmm. i added stuff to the list because oh. he's been going off yeah i i don't know how i forgot him yeah. but yeah okay so uh, do you wanna you wanna give your five first and then I'll you comment? can go you okay. can go okay well I didn't really write this down off uh, beforehand but uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do this really quick um, okay first I'm gonna go 
LBJ. Yeah. I think that's pretty easy. I mean, obviously there's going to be people who just like to hate on LeBron, but just because. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to argue otherwise at this point. Um second, I'll go KD. Uh third, I'm going to go AD. Okay. Uh fourth, I'll go Kawhi. And then fifth, <sighs> this is where it gets I, a little hard. I guess I'll go Giannis. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah. We could honestly go like top eight, but I'll, we'll just start with four for now. Or five. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, you have any other? The only thing that I don't, I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but I feel like AD and Kawhi are kind of interchangeable. Like yeah, you, you definitely. Could, you could easily put Kawhi at three because when he's completely healthy and on and in the playoffs, I mean, Kawhi is a fantastic performer. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's an argument for Kawhi being second here. Yeah, but, but I, KD, I, don't I don't believe know, man. so. <laughs> a, healthy, a healthy KD is dangerous. Like, yeah, I personally definitely don't think that, but I could see an argument and for KD's, it. And KD's, I think he's the most unguardable NBA player ever. Like period. Yeah, I mean, he's just so lanky and quick and smooth with his handle. It doesn't. I, it it like physically doesn't make sense what he's able to do on the basketball court. No, yeah, he can definitely he can shoot over like 90 percent of the players in the league mm-hmm. because of how quick he is with the shot and being able to just handle the ball. Because there's big men that he could probably uh, that could probably just like block his shot if they were able to keep up with him. But that's the problem. Nobody can keep up with him exactly. that size. Exactly. Yeah, I I think I'd I'd go LBJ then KD. I'd put Kawhi over AD, but okay. they're they're kind of interchangeable. And then, yeah, I'd put Giannis because is he two time defending MVP? Um, I believe so, right? I believe so. Yeah. Kay. I mean, it's it's kind of hard not to put him in the top five just because his regular season stats are just outrageous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the playoffs aren't all on him. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's definitely like kind of like a thing that might define his career after a while if he can't if he can't find success. For me, I you could I would have no problem with somebody replacing Giannis with Steph at the five because a healthy Steph Curry is no yeah he's still a world class player. I think a top five player in the league. Um, exactly. I think Steph's better than Harden right now. Honestly, I don't think Harden makes that top five. It's, what do you think? I think personally, I would have Harden at. Six, yeah, or Luke. I don't know. I want to put Luka Doncic somewhere in there. I really do, but I just can't he's, fit him in just he's yet. He's so. I was about to say just yet. He's so young. He's his skills are just ridiculous, and and the the. I mean, there's no limit, honestly, to his yeah, potential. Definitely. But he, I feel like he hasn't done enough yet. And and that's not his fault, but he just hasn't been in the league that long. It's crazy how overlooked uh, Dame Lillard has been. Oh yeah, I, he's talk. one of my favorites. Like, I know it's it's ridiculous, like how stacked the NBA is and at I, this point. People are people. I don't know, like they kind of slander Damian Lillard because of the lack of like Portland's ability to perform in the playoffs. But he single-handedly has to put the team on his back for them to even have a chance yeah. or to to win a series. Yeah, because CJ McCollum, he has those games where he shows up but then he also has games where he tails off a little bit yeah. but they also don't have much help on the wing they haven't had help on the wing like literally their whole tenure they had like al farouk aminu that's like the best they've had mm-hmm. so like i mean and the only other like really great player they had at one point in this 
like Damian Lillard era was LaMarcus Aldridge, who yeah. was really good, but I mean, he hasn't been there for five plus years. So yeah, and there's only so much a post player can do to impact the game at this point. Exactly. They it just keeps getting like the game keeps stretching out farther and farther. Exactly. So. Yeah, Dame. I mean, you could throw you could throw Dame near that top five, put him right around seven. I think Steph. Oh man. Yeah, I think there's an argument for Dame at five for sure, but I don't think he's there. But I think there's definitely an argument. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, him and Steph are, they're pretty like similar around yeah. how valuable they are in the league right now. Personally, I'd take Steph, but yeah, just uh, because of experience and yeah. I mean ability to perform. But yeah, and I think his his crazy shot making is just better than dame's even though dame Dame has crazy shot making yeah bro he just pulls up from like the next town over yeah it's crazy i think dame's a little more streaky than steph is though i think steph's just like a night in night out you know like he might have some bad shooting nights but his like he he's more consistent than dame usually yeah he's a huge difference maker yeah i mean and he's i feel like the only reason steph's caught any flack is because of the skill around him. I mean, that's not his fault, you know? I mean, he won back-to-back MVPs with having Clay, with having Draymond on the team still, you know? And then when KD goes there, I mean, how do you even say, like, oh, you know what, well, you get a guy like KD stuff, you know, he's getting all these championships, but he's still, honestly, when he's healthy, he's the best point guard in the league. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, I think. I think I don't even know if it's cool to hate Steph Curry anymore no. because that was like a trend before so I, now like people actually I think people I should never start to understood more that. yeah I, I don't know I just genuinely never understood that it was you just know? the Warriors and, and he, it was a cool thing to hate the Warriors yeah because they were great and yeah. he I mean his style of play it, believe it or not it single-handedly changed the game oh yeah I mean kids kids are like shooting three-pointers nowadays before kids because of Steph Curry yeah exactly Dunking used to be cool. Well, dunking's still cool a little bit, but dunking used to be, like, the thing, and now it's shooting three-pointers. I mean, look at somebody like Blake Griffin. In an interview, he said he, he because of the way the NBA is going, he's, like, developed a three-pointer. Yeah. He hasn't dunked in over a year. <laughs> I mean, that's partly due to injuries, but that's just the way that the game is going. Yeah, you know? he, he plays he plays close to the ground now. I mean, before he was all dunk, 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 and now he's just chucking threes. And that's another situation going on with him. Uh, I don't think he's playing for the Pistons right now because they're evaluating his playing situation. Yeah. And that happened with Andre Drummond too, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess that's smart. If he gets hurt, they're kind of like screwed out of the package. But Yeah. Draymond wasn't too happy with that. He kind of – he had a – I think it was like a three- or four-minute press conference where he kind of gave his opinion. And I see where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, it is a business, you know? Yeah. I mean, as long as he's still getting paid – that's to each his own. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't really care all that much because yeah. they they aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he, he'd rather get traded to a team that's probably trying to contend anyway. Right. So he's just cool with it. And it's Detroit. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. He's probably doesn't care that much about being there. Exactly. So. Yeah, I'd agree. So, yeah, top five, I'd say LeBron, KD, Kawhi, AD, and Giannis. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys you can move around, interchange. The top, I mean, LeBron's the best player in the world, you know? Yeah. I don't I, think that's really up for debate. I think we were, uh, we we're basically on the same page here. Uh, all we had was I had AD in front of Kawhi and you had Kawhi in front of AD. Yep. I mean, that's, and that's pretty easy argument. Well, it's a pretty tough argument to make, mm-hmm. like, either way. I mean, they're both great players. Yeah, so. they're just all-time studs, honestly. Yeah, exactly. 
and uh we can move into the the anthony edwards that was a funny moment <laughs> yeah so uh, anthony edwards uh has been quoted many times uh saying that his childhood idol was lebron and like like many others of course uh and yesterday during a game uh he uh, he he had lebron guarding him uh in the half court and uh, he uh, he pulls up and he shoots a three and LeBron puts his hand up and he hits the three over him and as he's running back on defense he has a a big smile on his face and, and you he, can't even hold it. I was about to say he could not stop smiling. He was <laughs> he was so excited. Even the announcers were like, "This is the moment he's gonna remember for the rest of his life." And <laughs> as well he should. I mean, yeah, it was kind of a like, big moment. It was kind of like that uh, that Allen Iverson uh, st- uh, kind of hitting that crossover. The crossover on MJ. On MJ yeah. yeah, it was that it was that kind of moment. Yeah. It's always cool to see stuff like that happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially I, for a kid being 20 years old. I wonder, I don't know if they asked LeBron like about that or if he noticed that post-game. Mm-hmm. Did, did they? Or did uh, I'm sure he saw it on social media, but I didn't see any press conference or anything like that with him talking yeah, it's about just, it. Yeah, it's, I mean, Anthony Edwards, He was Was he a one-and-done? Uh, yeah. So he's probably 19, 20 years old. I yeah, mean, he is. He's a, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. He's, yeah, Anthony Edwards is the kind of guy you want to root for, for sure. He's oh, yeah. A, he's a cool guy. You can tell. <clears throat> yeah, big moment. Big moment. And it's just, yeah, it's 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 nice seeing stuff like that. Just over your childhood idol. I mean, that is something you're going to remember for the rest of your career. Yeah. That's the kind of thing anyone could <laughs> dream over. Exactly. Uh, so, today uh, marks Michael Jordan's 58th birthday. Yes. Uh, and he is what many many consider including us the greatest player of all time yeah sorry lebron fans out there yeah i mean it's just hard to even evaluate lebron until he's done because with the lakers i mean he just won the championship last year and up to this point he's made what 10 finals i uh, believe yeah. something around there something like that you can't you can't have a losing record in the finals i don't care who you are or what situation you've been in and be the goat you know my my argument is well uh, of course lebron's gonna have all the accumulative stats by the time he's done because he's he's played more games yeah because he's he's already played more games he took those break mj took those breaks and all that stuff for reasons that don't really matter and uh but my argument is that at both of their peak i think michael jordan was a better player yeah I mean, if you just look at their numbers, like now, even he, Michael Jordan was the best defender in the league. He, I think he has, I want to say he has the highest points per game all time of any player. Yeah, I mean, and he, he and to to be arguably the best scorer ever, I think he is just because like points per game. That's all you really need to look at. Yeah, you could have the most. I mean, Kareem played probably. How many more seasons worth of games than MJ did? That's the only games. reason that's that he's first all time in points. Yeah. You gotta look at points per game. And Jordan with only playing the amount of seasons that he did, he has the most first team all defense ever. Like yeah, that's unheard exactly. of. And to be the best offensive player and defensive player in the league at the same time, nobody else has ever done that. Exactly. He's yeah, I mean, I would say KD's the best pure scorer, but I think MJ's actually the best score yeah. you know what i mean because if yeah. you just check the numbers that's yeah. what it, it makes sense it it sounds like it, it i know what you're saying yeah because if you ask one guy to go out and score one bucket i would ask kevin durant but over like a, a full season or a full career like michael jordan oh yeah for know? sure i mean 
there's that like when he was in his 40s in Washington, he was still putting up buckets, you know. Exactly. And I to mean, be able to walk away from the game for a year and a half and come back to be the best, like nothing happened. I don't know if anybody else could do that, you no. know? Yeah, he wasn't even playing shape when he came back, and yeah. he was still putting up, like, 20 a game. And uh, there were stories about him coming back to, like, Bulls practices after he left the team, and he was just smoking the younger players. Like, even after he retired, it hadn't been working out or anything. Like, he just comes back, and he just makes a fool out of everybody, you know? Yeah, he, yeah it was outrageous how, like, crazy talented he was at and some points. not, like, from a stat standpoint, but just, like, the mindset that he had – Compared to somebody like, Le- I don't want to say LeBron's soft, but the competitive drive that mm-hmm. Michael Jordan had, I don't think we've ever seen from anybody before. No, I mean, the only person you could ever say that ever was anything close to that was Kobe. Yep. But that, but literally Kobe attributed to everything that he modeled his game after was to MJ. Yeah, so and like, MJ, he said he's like the only person that could beat me in a one-on-one is Kobe because he stole all my moves. Yeah, know? exactly. He he used to call him all the time. He used to talk. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was like a he was a really good friend to him. So. Yeah, and I don't know, six for six in in the NBA Finals, uh, five league MVPs. Jordan's just and the impact that he had on the game. Nobody, I don't think anybody from any sport has had that big of an impact on a sport. No, I think till this you day. You could throw Tiger Woods in there with golf, but, I mean, Jordan was literally a, a worldwide icon. Yeah, he transcended the sport. Yeah, he transcended sports in general, and I don't know. I think if we if you're even to, like, talk about the goats of any sport, I think he is the goat's goat. Like, he, oh, he, yeah. he is the goat athlete. The only one you can make an argument for is Tom Brady now. Yeah. But, I still think it's MJ. Yeah, just because I I think even solely off impact, you know. Yeah, he had the highest peak you can have. I mean, he. I mean, people would literally loses like that. People would go to games like rooting for the away team, but they'd go just to see MJ. Like you don't see that anymore. You yeah, know? I mean, at Bulls tickets to away games and home games were sellouts instantly. Just because of one guy, like yeah, they had a circus show kind of going there for a little bit with Scotty and 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 Rodman and it, but MJ was just like he was so locked in he didn't even care. Yeah, <laughs> like and he was gonna be intense either way. Yeah, it's almost like I don't I don't know if we'll ever see that again with a with a player at least in the NBA just with the direction it's kind of going no. and because it's like. These guys obviously still want to win, but it's a much friendlier, friendlier league. No, yeah, they're like all less, hang- less aggressive. They're all hanging know. out in the off season and being like, and they're all networking and stuff like that and talking over social media, and I, I don't know. And everyone plays on each other's team now, so yeah. it's not really the same. There's no like staying with an organization and really yeah. trying to grind it out. Like you see that with Dame Lillard, but like, yeah, there's only a few guys. They even even guys that tend to do that don't really figure it out like yeah jordan figured it out you know for the bulls he stuck it out and he stayed there and and until they were the best team in the league yeah there's another argument out there lebron had to leave cleveland at first yeah he did come back and win one but i don't know one he was he was one for one for four coming back so yeah i mean i'm not gonna hate on him too much though he didn't have a ton of help yeah i was gonna i was just kind of throwing that out there but I, i think that was a little unfair i guess but I don't know. I I think MJ is just the undisputed goat. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, of course there's going to be LeBron people out there, but I just think LeBron's a clear number two. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He's oh still yeah, an he's player. clearly the number two. And yeah. I mean, 
when when all said and done, who knows? I mean, if LeBron plays until he's in his early forties and and picks up three or four more championships, he could be the goat. Like, there's yeah, definitely I can see that. Yeah. But as of right now, a hundred percent, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So that should do it for this episode of the Glacier Guys. Um, you can access the link to the SoundCloud and YouTube on the Glacier website, and the library will also post it to their channels. And we'll see you guys next time.